Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. This has been one of the worst weeks I have ever experienced watching news, listening to news, anticipating, etc., etc. I, I, I believe this has been a week that has angered me. It has angered me. You can tell my voice goes up. It has also been a week that has scared me. So let me tell you some of the things. There's so many things that bothered me this week, upset me, but let me hit on some of them with you. This Devin Nunes, the head of the House Intelligence Committee, uh, I don't know where he came from, but he scares the hell out of me. He should recuse himself, okay? Every time... He makes a statement. Uh, it sounds like bullshit. Every time he's on TV to explain some misdeed from my perspective that he just committed, it sounds like bullshit. He's making a story up, and he's had several of these. I don't know how he stays in position, but I guess the only one that can take him off of the chairmanship is the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, and he has refused to do so. Okay, He... Eventually, listen to what Lewis is saying. Devin Nunes, at some point down the road, is going to be under investigation himself because something isn't right here with the, with what he's doing and the positions he takes. Then let's talk about the House Intelligence Committee itself. As a citizen, and you and I are citizens, I feel unprotected. They're there to investigate if there's a problem. Uh, and I don't feel protected. The the meetings, this Nunes is, is responsible. He scrapped, what, two meetings this week or three without even giving notice to the other members of the committee. Uh, he, he seems, in my opinion, and I think the opinion of many, the sense is he's trying to derail the Trump-Russia probe. We're in danger, my friends. If we've got people in Washington running our government, purportedly representing us, who are doing things like this. Then there's the son-in-law, Jared. Jared seems like a smart guy, 35 years old, but uh, purportedly very intelligent. He was just given another job yesterday by his father-in-law. He's going to head the bureaucracy or something. This young man now has six or seven responsibilities, all major. I don't care how smart you are. To handle one of these jobs is a full-time job. Plus, he's got six or seven. How can he do justice to them? Which then raises the question, why is his father-in-law giving him these responsibilities? He's packing them all into one person. Something's wrong here. Something doesn't make sense. Let's talk about Cole. The president did it today, Cole. He eliminated with the stroke of his pen, writing his signature, many EPA regulations. Remember this, my friends. The EPA was set up to give us clean air, clean water. We breathe the air, we drink the water, our children, our families, etc. And coal has done a hell of a lot of damage. The fumes from coal, the excretions, the waste has done a hell of a lot of damage to our water and our air. And all these regulations over the years have been put in place to correct the situation and protect the citizens of this country. Now, 
Trump takes the position he's going to bring back jobs this way. He wants to create jobs. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. It isn't going to work. He isn't going to create the jobs. Let me talk numbers because numbers make sense. There was a time when 650,000 to 700,000 people worked in the mines. We don't have that anymore. Uh, now, with whatever he's doing, if we're lucky, though, he may create 70,000 more jobs. We're not sure, but it won't be very many. Because let me ask you this. I remember when I was a kid, and this goes back to the late 1940s into the 1950s, every home was heated with coal. You had a you had a furnace in the cellar. You had a coal bin. They used to deliver the coal, dump it through a cellar window, and you had this huge pile of coal in your cellar. My job, my job before I was even 10 years old, was to, you know, take care of the furnace, clean the ashes, put the coal in. That stuff was heavy to lift, I want to tell you. Then drag those cans of ashes out to the curb so they could be picked up, and that was a tough job for a young guy. But my father said, this is your responsibility. My question now is, how many homes today, how many buildings today are heated with coal? Very, very few, if any. Everyone switched to oil years ago, and now they're switching to gas. So how's he going to create jobs? People aren't using the coal. People aren't using the coal. We use extremely little coal today. And, again, the numbers of users of coal and the numbers of employees have fallen dramatically over the last 70 years. So you need fewer employees. Let, let me explain why I think this is just a waste of time and he's not going to succeed in creating more jobs. I mentioned, I talked about on the show a month, two months ago, China. China now uses robots to mine coal at the lowest levels of the mine, the lowest, uh, go down the shaft, the lowest, They've got robots in there mining it. They've got robots sending the coal up to the surface. They've got robots putting the coal in the trucks. They've got, trust me, they've got these trucks. They're driverless going over 100 miles to wherever the coal has to be deposited, whether at a train station, generally at a shipping port. And robots put it on the the railroad cars or on the ships. Now, who's going to use human beings in this country? If these mines are reworked, are reopened, and everybody wants coal or a lot of people want coal, it's going to be robots, robots that are going to be doing it, okay? Because the need for human beings in this business is gone, too. It's just like the plants left us 20 years ago and went to Europe for, for tax reasons and so forth, cheaper labor. And now Trump's going to bring them all back. Well, you're going to bring them all back, but they, we don't, they come back. They don't use the same number of employees. They're mostly on automation. They're using robots. Uh, and our people aren't trained to work those jobs anymore. We don't train our people to work any jobs. So what am I saying? What he just did is he says he's going to create jobs for these people in West uh, Virginia. Good luck. It isn't going to happen to the degree everyone anticipates. If anything, it's going to be a minimal degree because things just aren't done that way anymore with human beings in the mine shafts. 
Let me talk about Russia and protesters. This past weekend, 99 cities and towns in Russia had anti-Putin protests, anti-Putin demonstrations. Now, Putin has been sensing that his popularity has been on the downslide the last two years. And if you've noticed and you've paid attention, several of his opponents have been found dead all over the world. People who are opposing him back home, all of a sudden they're found dead, even in this country. Uh, so he's doing, he's doing an effective job of eliminating the opposition. But the people are upset with him, or they wouldn't have protested in 99 cities. I'm asking this question. Is this the beginning of another Arab revolt? The beginning of another Arab revolt. Remember Egypt 2011? They went into the streets by the hundreds of thousands, even women. They thought they were going to have a better life if they overturned Mubarak. They overturned them, and the women are in the same shape today as they were then. That's not the issue. The issue is there are, people are protesting. And people are overturning their governments via the electoral process all over the world, some without the electoral process by force. But I call it the Arab Revolt. You do also. Is this what's building up and is going to happen in Russia? Is Russia going to be like Hungary in the late 1950s when the Soviet Union sent the tanks in? Are we going to see the tanks go into the public squares in Moscow? All right. Uh, now, does Trump have anything to do with this? I think he does. Not directly that he's getting the people to go out into the streets and all this other stuff. But what I'm saying is this. His friend is Putin. He's been complimenting Putin for over a year now. Uh, I don't know. If I was in Russia... And I'm seeing what's happening in this country today where we've got investigations going. It's going to get even worse. The relationship between Trump people and Russia and Putin. And there's been a group in my country, Russia, that has been pushing for revolution change in government. This is going to give them more strength, more desire to push ahead, because look what's happening in another country they're using our name and our leader's name, and that's the United States that this is happening in. And I just think that it could be the thing that is going to topple Putin if it happens. This is far out, I agree. It's going to be what's happening in the United States. Because if it comes out, whatever Putin did, he did here, well, I think those people are going to be back in the streets and some of them with guns and everything else. Because I think that's the way it goes, and they're heading that way. Sounds crazy. I give it a shot. Uh, this issue that I'm going to discuss now, I talked about three years ago. I talked about it two years ago. I talked about it last year. And I talked about it with the same roughly figures and the same entities. It's recently been announced that, again, $10 trillion, that's a lot of money, $10 trillion, that's about half the national debt, is missing from the Pentagon. $10 trillion is missing from the Pentagon in the last two decades, in the last 20 years. Uh, a lot of money, a trillion dollars. We're talking $10 trillion here. Again, half the national debt. It's mind-boggling. Now, in 1996, we passed a law. 
signed it into law that there had to be a federal audit every year of each department, each agency. Since 1996, the only federal department or agency that has not complied is the, you got it, the Pentagon. Not once have they filed a financial statement. Uh, have they you know, justified what they spent, where they spent it now? And the reason is that the various departments within the Pentagon say, our numbers don't balance, so we're reluctant to send them in and to share them with Congress or anyone else. And they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything, okay? And yet, every year, and whatever the budget is that Congress approves, the House of Representatives, Congress gives more and more money to the Pentagon even though what they're spending is unaudited, not justified, et cetera. This year alone, Trump's budget request, his proposed budget, he wants $54 billion for the United States military, okay? It's a bottomless pit. I'll bet if anyone investigated this properly, an inspector general, somebody, I'll bet you we're spending $400 for toilet seats, $70 for a screwdriver, $40 for a hammer. This has been discovered over the years, and I'll bet it's still there. And this is what Eisenhower was worrying about when he said, beware the military-industrial complex. I don't know how the hell we can keep going on like this, saying we need more money for the military, but we don't know where it's being spent. There's no checking. There's no auditing. It's a waste. They say they want to get rid of Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, and they just pissed away $10 million half of the, the national debt. Uh, and they say that there's a lot of waste and mismanagement and misuse of dollars in Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Look what's happening in the Pentagon. Uber, Uber, are... They're not a taxi system, but you understand what Uber and Lyft are. Well, Uber has been testing self-driving cars. Forget the fact that they want to come into every city and be the new taxi system, so to speak. I shouldn't describe it as a taxi system, but it is. And I think it's time for it. Every, there, you need to change. It apparently has worked very effectively where it has worked. Well, They've, they've gone a step farther, Uber. They are testing right now in three states self-driving cars. So when you call them up, you don't even have a driver. It comes, you get in, you go. Uh, they just stopped doing it the other day because Arizona is one of the three states where these driverless Ubers are being tested. There was a serious accident, a two-vehicle accident. One was a Uber. Uh, it was a high-impact one. What happened was the Uber was making a left turn. The oncoming car didn't yield. Boom. Uh, Uber makes it look like it's the other car's fault, but I'll tell you. The car making a left turn, it's basic law in all the states, cannot proceed with that turn until they're absolutely sure they're safe. If there's anything oncoming, you wait before you make the left turn, and the Uber didn't. Well, Uber's safety conscious. They said, they said, stop in these three states where we're testing. Let's figure out what happened, and then we will come back to it again. They'll get it. Right now, you have tractor trailers 
driving across several states on major highways driverless. I don't know if you're aware of this. It's already there. It's already here. It's just like, you know, these these coal miners in, in West Virginia aren't going to dig the coal anymore. It's robots today, just like China's done. Uh, I don't know where these jobs are going to come from. I don't think Trump pays attention to what really is going on. He's talking 20 years all the time. He's making the same mistake that the older politicians have made and that the people of country of this country have made, because they always think it's the old way that's come, going to come back. They don't understand or see that there is a new way that's come into being. James Bond. Remember James Bond? I love watching his movies on TV, the rerun of his movies. Uh, they're thrilling. They're exciting. And the women are beautiful, if you'll excuse me. Movie is License to Kill. 1989 License to Kill came out. Part of the movie, not a very big part, but part of the movie was filmed in Key West. James Bond, he, he was going to a wedding in Key West. He parachuted into St. Mary of the Sea Roman Catholic Church. I'm laughing. It can be done. He parachuted into St. Mary of the Sea Roman Catholic Church on Truman. I drive by the church at least twice a day. Uh, so he could attend the ceremony and get there. He was, he was a little late. Then, then, and this is why I'm sharing this story with you, he attended the wedding reception which was in the rear of 707 South Street in Key West, 707 South Street. Now, why am I sharing this story with you? Because 707 South Street was recently sold for $5 million. That's a lot of money, even by Key West prices. Did James Bond have anything to do with it? I don't know. But that's a hell of a lot of money, $5 million for a home at 707 South Street. Medical science and spinach. You know, I believe, and I have believed, that medical care is a right. Everyone should have available to them the ability to get the very best medical care. So I'm in favor of a government program. I'm in favor of one-party payer. you got to get the insurance companies out of this thing because they're the ones who are screwing everything up. Uh, they, and our government protects them because they've got big lobbyists. Plus, we're going to put a lot of people out of work. The insurance comp- a lot of insurance companies, health companies are going to go bust. But that's life. They've been making a ton of money off us. We're entitled to get the care and attention and our government should not have to pay the money we've been paying over the years. Be that as it may. Uh, we also have in this country, to some degree, the most sophisticated medical capability. We're always coming up with new things. And again, I believe everything like this should be available to everyone. They are now using spinach leaves. Just came out. They have discovered that spinach leaves can become heart tissue, beating heart tissue. Uh, You know, when you get a heart attack, part of your heart muscle dies. That's tissue that dies. And it can't come back. And you you, you live with part of your heart muscle dead. Uh, Not healthy, but you can live with it. Most people do live with it. It's not a problem. But you want to replace that. You always want good heart tissue. And it's a major discovery. They take 
spinach, leaves of spinach, stack them one on the other, and through some process, uh, that spinach leaf, the spinach leaves go where the dead muscle is, and the spinach leaves turn into heart tissue, living heart tissue. Uh, big stuff. I'm impressed. You're impressed, and that's the way it should be. And we should all have it available to us, not just those of us that can afford an expensive plan. Uh, because, you know, to me, if our lives, I'm going to pontificate for a moment, if whether we live or die depends upon whether we have an insurance policy and whether it's a better insurance policy than other people, that's sort of like the abortion issue. Uh, why are people opposed to abortion? Because it's killing. It's killing of the unborn child. Well, that's comparable in my opinion. It's the same as if certain people will live because they can afford insurance and other people will die because they can't afford the insurance. Not right. Doesn't make sense to me. No justification for it that money should determine who lives and who dies when there is a system for taking care of it. 27 countries in this world already have the one payer system. We have Medicare here that works beautifully. I've been on it for years. Never had a problem. And you never hear the government having a problem with anybody. So all I'm saying is we should all have this available to us. They've also said in this report I read on the spinach leaves uh, that they believe, they haven't come to this point yet, but they're working on it, that spinach leaves can also be used to repair damaged organs. Big stuff. Okay. Now, this is sad. When I'm gonna, this is sad what I'm going to talk about now. Uh, a study came out that said the middle class in this country, and it's the middle class whites we're talking about in this country, middle class whites, are dying faster than they used to and dying faster than other groups. Okay? So I'm going to go through this. This is uh, the first time it's been this way in decades. The middle class always lived a long time. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to die. And they're not committing. I'm not talking about suicide or anything like that. They just happen to be kicking off sooner than they normally did. All right? And this is in spite of the fact that this is going to blow your mind a little bit. Other countries, other wealthy countries, okay, other wealthy countries have life expectancy higher than we do in this country. Isn't that amazing? Just like you live longer if you're in another country than here. We who have all this great medicine I was just talking about. Just like our country should have the highest, the best uh, birth survival rate, babies, biggest survival rate, highest. We don't. We're like eighth or tenth in the world. Other countries have better infant uh, survival than we do. Why? With all this great medicine we have and all this money, we don't. I don't know. Anyhow, there's five reasons why the middle class, uh, middle class whites are dying faster. One is these are deaths of despair. They've been described as deaths of despair. Some are suicides. I said no suicides, but some are suicides. Alcohol and drug overdose. This is what's causing it. Suicides, alcohol, drug overdose. And why? 
because they either don't have jobs or they're not secure with the jobs they have. They're not making enough money. Their salaries are stagnant. And my grandfather used to tell me a lot, uh, if you have money problems and you're married, love goes out the window. Money problems are hard to deal with. Well, a lot of these guys or a lot of these people are having marriage problems, deaths of despair. Then, and this was shocking, I didn't know this, death from diabetes. All right. Diabetes has exploded in this country in the last 20 years. 30 million people in the United States are living today with diabetes, ergo in danger of death. This is three times the number than existed in the early 1990s. Number three, education has something to do with this. They're finding that the least educated Americans are more prone to dying. The least educated middle-aged American whites are prone to dying. Those with high school degrees or less, okay? If you go to college, you live longer. If you don't, go to college, you're, going to, you're not going to live as long. And the problem, again, is jobs. They're not making enough money, and they feel there's no future. So mentally, they get depressed. Fourth reason, non-whites are living longer than whites. African Americans, Cubans, Latinos, uh, they're living longer. And it's all about income. They may not be making as much, but for some reason their expectations are not as high as the whites, the middle-class whites. Then there's the issue of midlife mortality. It's just like deaths by despair. Uh, to have better health, we need the one-party payer system and taxes that provide a safety net. Taxes that provide a safety net. Very important. First time I'm, I'm raising it. People who die earlier than they should, the uh, middle class, uh, less educated whites, uh, there's, there's no safety nets anymore. As we go along, and Trump's doing it too, they take the safety nets, the welfare-type programs. Who's going to take care of me if I'm out of a job? Well, go find a job. Uh, I can't afford a better medical plan, or I can't afford a medical plan. Well, that's your problem. Figure out a way. Get another job. Uh, we don't have the safety nets we used to have in this country, and it's the position of this article that society has an obligation to provide the safety nets for its people. And this article said, in conclusion, that things are going to get worse in the United States because Trump is president, and under Trump, all the things required to give people the desire to live are being take, will be taken away and are being taken away. I know he's creating jobs. I think this is all bullshit. Those jobs aren't going to be created in any, in any area the way he's talking. We'll only know at the end of four years, though. March Madness. Let's get into joy here. Uh, we're into March Madness. Oregon has made the Final Four. Uh, big deal. Now, and they keep telling us, the last time Oregon was in the Final Four was 78 years ago, which is true. But what the media fails to tell us, 
that 78 years ago was the first Final Four, 1939, the first NCAA uh, tournament, and Oregon not only was in it, they won it, okay? And Oregon has not been in a Final Four since 1939, but they won it the last time they were there. I hope they win it this year. It would be exciting. I don't think they will. I think North Carolina is going to come out on top, not because I'm pulling for them, but from what I've seen, North Carolina appears to be the best. Ernest Hemingway. We love Ernest Hemingway in Key West. We love Harry Truman. We love Tennessee William. These people lived here. They helped make this community. Uh, they, they were part of our community. They're still part of our community. Came across an Ernest Hemingway quote this week, and this quote applies equally to men and or women. It's a love quote. Uh, he was a lover. He had four wives. He cheated like hell. But it's a profound love quote. Let me share it with you. Stop chasing the wrong one. The right one won't run. Stop chasing the wrong one. The right one won't run. That's the show for this week, my friends. Thank you for joining me. Love doing the show. Love having you uh, listen in. I'm doing video live on Facebook every day. One shot, one to two minutes. See me on Facebook video under Key West Lou. Thank you again. I'll be looking forward, I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week.